0: This is Good Karma Wrestling. Welcome into another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me as always, Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm. And catch him on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. He is Jonathan Hood. And I'm look, this is going to be a fun episode. We've got a Ric Flair interview coming up later in the episode. I know we've done a Ooh. lot of- We've been tweeting out about it. We had a lot of fun talking with Ric Flair um, about a number of different things, including Ric Flair Drip, which is a new venture that <laughs> he is diving into. Yeah. But we start And don't tonight. forget NBA hot
1: takes. Uh, he somehow oh, got into does also.
0: He yeah. did. Yeah. we Again, we touched on just about everything. He, he, he did start throwing out some NBA hot takes. That's right. He's an so, unbelievable
2: sports fan. He loves every team. Just yeah. ask him. He doesn't have a team. He just loves them all.
0: So. Just, just in time for the NBA postseason. So, yeah. you know. So Stay for the CM, you know, st- st- you know, stick around for the CM Punk talk, and then, you know, later you can stick around for the NBA talk with Ric Flair. Uh, so that is where we start tonight's show, because the CM Punk chatter just continues to get louder and louder and louder. Dave Meltzer, Sean Ross Sapp, some of the, you know, more preeminent uh, journalists in professional wrestling reporting on CM Punk. And is he going to be back in AEW? It seems like it could be imminent Boys, what do you think about CM Punk and his potential return to AEW? How would you book it?
2: Well, as Jerry Jarrett, the late Jerry Jarrett, always said, personal issues draw money. This is a real situation. There's an issue here uh, between CM Punk, between the Young Bucks, uh, Kenny Omega, uh, and there's an issue there. So here's what I'm looking at, guys. So it's not just an issue with CM Punk. It's an issue with FTR and the Young Bucks as well. That whole thing, when the last time that FTR was the champions and when when they lost the championships to the Young Bucks and never got a return match, there was something very sketchy about that. Like, what's going on with FTR and the Young Bucks that they couldn't have a best-of-seven classic matches? What happened there? There's something very weird about that to the point where I thought FTR was going to leave AEW because the Young Bucks and FTR did not have the series of matches or classics that we thought we'd get. So there's an issue between FTR and the Young Bucks as well. So the way I'm booking it, bro, it's, it looks like this. So, FTR the champs, and at, it's it's kind of a weird situation right now because Young Bucks at this point in time are yes. gonna, baby
1: faces. Yeah, uh, huge babyface pop last night.
2: Yeah, so they're part they're trying to go against the Blackpool Combat Club. Okay, so this match that we've been fantasy booking of FTR and CM Punk against the Young Bucks and Omega cannot happen in Chicago. Cannot happen right. in Chicago. It, it cannot happen in Chicago because we know how that's going to go. It's going to be 19,000 people blowing the roof off for CM Punk's return. So it doesn't work there. It's got to happen in Wembley. And I say that this thing's got to get started in to start the story in June. And it's got to be the FTR saying, hey, Young Bucks, how come you didn't give us you know our due? How come we didn't get our title match? Do you think we should give you a title match? Back and forth. And, of course – The Young Bucks, because they're crass, who's like, yeah, I don't recognize you guys without your boy CM Punk behind you. Where's CM Punk? Ooh. And it'll be the first time that the Young Bucks on the record will say something about CM Punk. Sure. uh, All the stuff that's been internalized, you can't talk about it because of legal issues, have to be part of the story. Omega hasn't talked about it. Young Bucks haven't talked about it. So this has to be into the forefront to the point where it builds a crescendo into Wembley. It cannot be stateside, guys. This has to be in Wembley, and that's got to be a six-man tag team matchup at Wembley.
1: Yep. So the way the reports are out there right now is June 21st, AEW makes their return to Chicago. First time since Thanksgiving. That was recently announced. That seems to be the show. or right around there where we'll see that possible return there are reports that maybe it's announced beforehand, which I hope Tony doesn't do that. Like, come on, give us that surprise moment. Also in the reports, Punk and Jericho reportedly will sit down and have a face-to-face because Jericho, I think, is in that boat where, like you said, Jerry Jerick quote: like, there's money to be made. Jericho gets that. Jericho's an old wrestler. He gets it. Like, I don't like you. You don't like me. Let's go sell this place out. There is not a meeting yet, though, between the Elite and Punk. Like, apparently Punk wants to go out there and do that. That's not set up yet. There is no new deal yet for the elite either. So that's all the real life stuff that we're hearing right now. I completely agree. That is the way to go is F.T. Punk versus the elite at Wembley. That's going to help sell it out. But that June 21st, that is the go home show for Forbidden Door. Punk didn't get to take part in it last year. Do you throw him out there right away? I think he has to be a heel. Maybe the face of Chicago. Does he get a Forbidden Door match
0: this year? No, I don't think you can run that risk. No, with, no. I, I if I'm trying to sell out Wembley, and Wembley to me makes the the perfect place mm-hmm. to do this. It makes the most sense. You're taking a big swing, and CM Punk is AEW's most marketable star, right? Uh-huh. Right. And I, I don't think I don't feel like I'm out of line saying that. I feel like Not that is tr- just just based on what he did in that year before the injuries, and that's why because of the injuries that he suffered. I am not putting him in that ring unnecessarily until I get to Wembley because i got to make sure I deliver for that stadium show. So it, it may have to wait, and it, it, it stinks for CM Punk, but hopefully if things continue to progress, you can get a match at Forbidden Door 3. Like Wembley is such a big show for them, and they need a match, especially if the reports are true that they're still going to do – All out the following (laughs) week in Chicago at the United Center, not even at the now arena, not not doing it in front of 10,000 people doing it in front of 18 to 19 at the United Center. You're going to need big matches for both presumably a lot of those title championships, that title matches would happen at All Out, the more traditional show, and you can have some of these bigger marquee matches at Wembley Stadium. And to me, there's nothing bigger than if you do CM Punk returning his first match back. Obviously, you do the build-up to it, and he'll be around and on TV in arenas for that, give a few, you know, GTSs, some some low-risk stuff. But his first match has to be at Wembley because that's how you sell Wembley, and that's how you get as many tickets as possible at Wembley.
1: And I don't think you're out of line saying he's the most marketable. I mean, they were at a million, passing a million when he was on TV. They were running on that mark. Last night, another eight sixty-six. Like this is what, a month, two months straight now of under nine hundred thousand. So like the numbers are there. And yes, it's a respectable number, but a million is a lot nicer.
2: Oh, absolutely. That's what you want to shoot for every week. But again, NBA playoffs, nice weather, you know. I mean, is yeah. that yeah, I'm throwing all the excuses out there because that's what <laughs> the executives are doing, right? You know that new gas station that they build on the border, uh, like all all this stuff, right? That's that's how they they do excuses. But Gabe is is right. Gabe is right, and that is is that it's a couple of things. One, you want to keep Punk special for Wembley, and two, man, if you put him out there too early, he could get injured again. And I yeah. I don't want to call him fragile, but he's been injured uh, uh, as since he's been up in age. Let's go all the way back to the beginning when CM Punk was rumored to come to AEW. I don't mind telling you guys. I talked to Jim Ross about it. And I asked Jim, I said, you know, there's rumors that CM Punk's coming. He goes, well, if they keep Phil special, I think it'll be fine. You got to keep him special. And and what he meant by it is like, you don't need to roll him out there every week. They were rolling up him out there every week. He hadn't sure. wrestled for seven years. <laughs> I mean, like, this company would have put The Undertaker out there, you know, late in his career every week to wrestle <laughs> against young people. That's wrong, right? And so – CM Punk should have been out there once a month. I mean, definitely. What's more popular? Here's, here's the question: What's the appeal to CM Punk? His in ring or the mic skills? Mic skills. Okay, yeah, that's what he should have been doing the most of. <laughs> right? People
0: just no. want to see him punk. Instead, he's doing dog collar matches. He's doing like <laughs> he's doing like ultra violent ones. And and again, it was I appreciated the run. But then their luck just kind of ran out. I, I don't know if that was their plan. And then Tony's, you know, CM's like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling good. And, like, look, this this dude's addicted to professional wrestling. It's like, fine. we know I that. Mean, and, and he he needed to be saved from himself. And Tony was probably looking at, man, we're going over a million. Yeah, go on back out there. <laughs> Wrestle another one, CM Punk. And, and they, they needed someone to step in and try to save them from themselves. And maybe the injuries don't happen. And then maybe brawl out doesn't happen.
2: I mean, he should have been kept special because he's up in age instead of being on Rampage against Lee Moriarty. Right? Yeah, just, I, just, I mean, that's a problem. I mean, seriously. You know what? We, we got a great match. We, we got a uh, uh, CM Punk against Lee Moriarty. Enjoy everybody. <laughs> like, why? Keep the basketball. Yeah, that's,
1: that's pretty fair. Yeah. Well, so that's the other thing. Like, I feel like, and I agree with you guys, Like, it's almost being treated as like, hey, this is a one-off. We got one shot at this. Let's go. So I'll throw this out there. If the elite say, no, we're not working with him, do you still go through the punk drama? Do you still, if you're Tony, do you still want that in your locker room? Well, well Jericho yeah. will do it. If the Young Bucks
2: won't do it. And okay. EDPs, what do you mean no? Right. And and, and and by the way, all of this, by the way, as we talk about this, the overarching thing for me out of all of this is that Omega and the Young Bucks are looking to do, redo their deal. They're looking to be re-signed here.
1: Uh-huh. They're going to sign? Yeah.
0: Hmm. They're going to sign?
1: I mean, it definitely, this is a, one of those forks in the road, and as the stuff's coming out, like the last few weeks, all these stories seem to be pro-punk, whereas Punk's the bigger man. Punk's the one going out there saying, hey, let's sit down and meet, and almost maybe painting them as the bad guys in this.
0: Well, I mean, a lot of it pre, you know, before that was clearly coming out of the elite camp and making CM Punk look a little bit worse, which is... Probably what led to CM Punk doing some things that's delayed this even more and putting some things out there on social media that I'm sure he wishes he could, you know, obviously he does because he deleted some of the posts, especially going after John Moxley for really no reason at all. Um, <laughs> but I, I, even if the elite don't want to do it, if the elite don't want to do it, to me that means they're not all in on AEW and they're looking to get out. And they're that's looking part. to maybe follow Cody over to WWE. And if those guys aren't going to be around then why wouldn't you bring CM Punk back? Like, I mean, if you're losing some marketable stars, and then, oh, by the way, you've got one of the most marketable stars in professional wrestling already under contract. Like, it's a no-brainer to bring back CM Punk at that point if the biggest obstacle of him coming back doesn't want to be around.
2: Right. I was just thinking about what mustachioed Vince would think of the Young Bucks. Young Bucks! (laughs) They're old. <laughs> I would wonder what he'd think about that. He'd repackage them and give them a different name, I'm sure. Um, 100%. Yes. I just, you know, bro, it's, listen, it just, there's so many irons in the fire. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, the topic is CM Punk, but if the young bucks say no, and again, you're EVPs, you're supposed to say yes, you're executives in the company. Omega, it's Omega against Punk. You want that? You And, and I, out of all of these guys, Jericho would do it. Jericho yeah. would say, listen, I know you've been a pain in the ass, but I see money here. Punk against Jericho, there's money in that too. Either way, the whole thing for me is none of this happens until you get to Wembley.
1: For me. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I think you could do the six man to main event Wembley. And, you know, they're very big on main event with the world title. Don't have the world champion over there. Like, you don't have to do it. If MJF's still a champ, you can cut, you know, an anti Wembley promo. Like, oh, I don't leave America and, like, let that six man main event. And then Punk and Kenny can still do all out six days later. Oh, I think that would still work. Oh, oh, oh wow. Oh, oh,
2: oh, the champ doesn't get a chance to battle in Wembley? Oh I mean, man. Well, Holy I mean, but cow. that well, six man has to main event. Yeah. Uh, Rick Flair, dis- Ric Flair disagrees with that. I, <laughs> I mean, I
0: <laughs> to me, I, I have a hard time believing that <laughs> that MJF is gonna wrestle at both. So yes, you right. probably main events the other one, and maybe you do a triple threat as you continue to tell the storyline and, and I mean, I guess I don't know how it's going to turn out at double or nothing, but maybe there's some sort of triple threat with the other three pillars. The winner ends up getting um, MJF at all out. I mean, there's, there are a lot of, yes, there are a lot of different directions they have to go. And there are a lot of other pay-per-views that they need to navigate before they get yeah. to no. what's going to be a huge week.
2: MJF has to wrestle in Wembley. I mean, listen, someone's got to be the opening match. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll tell that you who true. he can wrestle. By the way, I'm talking about dynamite last night, there's your Sting singles match.
2: Oh, uh, right. Well, if he's going to retire,
0: Sting will put him over. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Yes. Well, so I guess is that. I guess we're here, so I'm just going to ask the question. <laughs> this is off of CM Punk, but Sting, I believe, is undefeated in AEW. Correct. Correct. Right. So is he? He is old school, and the old school guys want to put somebody over on their way out. He is going to do that, right? Like that. Uh-huh. They telegraphed that last night. I think so.
2: Well, I supposed. To, uh, well, I thought that was going to be Darby. Thought he put Darby over. Agreed. But but I agreed.
0: But mean, does Darby need that? I I don't think Darby needs that. I don't. I mean, I don't know if MJF needs it either. But Brock Lesnar didn't need to end the streak, and that happened. <laughs>
2: Sting can still go, man. It's crazy. Yeah. But, but you talk about being utilized properly. I can make the case that the AEW used Sting much better than WWE Undertaker at the very, very end. Mm-hmm. I think I can make that case. I mean, because they're not forced yes. into some singles match on Rampage, you know, okay. or AEW Dark. They're just like, hey, Sting, give us a few promos. Hey, Sting, be in the six man. Hey, Sting, you know, be with Darby. You know, just do your ten minutes. Now, some of those dives are crazy. But you know what? He's just surprising everyone at age 61 that can still do these things. He's He's as good as he was in TNA, quite frankly.
0: He's he's climbing up into the stands. He's jumping (laughs) off those. He's (sighs) doing things that make me uncomfortable for a 63-year-old man to be doing. That's for sure. Yes. Yes, All right. We, well, there, I'm sure, are going to be plenty more of CM Punk stories yep. coming up uh, as we continue and progress with that. Um, we do have Ric Flair coming up, so we're going to quickly move over to what we like to call our three count the other top three stories in professional wrestling going on right now, which we have at number one, Brian.
1: All right. In the wrestling world, WWE is on their road to backlash, which takes place May 6th. AEW, like you mentioned, on the road to double or nothing, May 28th. Forbidden Door, June twenty. <laughs> So right now, do you feel better about AEW or WWE booking?
0: (sighs) Am I crazy or was Raw relatively efficient for a three-hour show? In terms of like, they've got a lot of, our biggest complaint about WWE has been, it's really the bloodline and kind of a hodgepodge of everything else. Well, they continued, and this is what they did on Raw. They continued to build towards what presumably is going to be Bad Bunny, and uh Rey Mysterio versus Dominic and presumably Damian Priest, since he's also so, from yeah. Puerto Rico. That would that would make sense to give him the big the big opportunity on his home island. They did a Trish Shield turn. Teased a damage control breakup. So now you have multiple women's storylines. Oh, you don't have something for the champ. Well, that's folded into the damage control breakup because he had a triple threat for the women's championship. Rhodes cut a great promo to advance the story on Lesnar. The the, the comedy angle of Alpha Academy and um, Maximum Male Models, whether that's for you or not, they advanced that storyline. They continued the bloodline with Solo Ciccola. Like The only random thing that happened was Lashley versus Bronson Reed, which was meaty men's. <laughs> Clap and meat, awesome. Like, Raw was surprisingly efficient in adding more storylines to what's going on in WWE. Like, and that was, I, if, if Vince is the one pulling the triggers on these, that's really impressive because it feels more Triple H-y to me than, than Vince. <laughs> but that's a pretty efficient Raw, especially with what we've been getting as of late.
2: And also typical Raw because of all the things you mentioned, a lot of this stuff was just advancing storylines and not a lot of in-ring. No, just, yeah. it just I mean, as, it, for three hours that sucks but that's what it is. I always have to adjust my eyes when I watch Raw, just like, okay <laughs> there might be a double count out or disqualification <laughs> or, or an F finish here. It's Triple H booking okay, here we go. Because we're so used to just seeing pinfalls in AEW. Yeah. There's no disqualification no count outs, it's just a winner and so when I see uh, Bronson Reed against um, Bobby Lashley I'm watching as like, boy that could be a thing and it was uh, it was not poetry emotion. It was just two big guys, and they were just trying to find positioning. And
0: it was a train horror. wreck, and I could not look away.
2: Yeah, just something like it's fine. I know someone will put it's a bunch of me. No, it's just two big guys just trying to figure yeah. out. Like, okay, how do I how do I slam you? I mean. What do we do outside? You know, how do I come off the top rope on you? Like that's thing. Like, I want to see that match again. I'm sure if they put that oh, on yeah. the road, that'll be a main attraction. Two big guys, but actually two big guys that can move like cruiserweights. I like that.
0: Well, and good for them because like I, I really like Bronson Reed and yeah. he hasn't had much to do since his return. He's made a couple of sporadic appearances having matches, but Bobby Lashley having absolutely nothing to do for WrestleMania after really the last two or three years he's had, to then put him in Hopefully having these two have something that could be really cool going forward. I like that for Bobby.
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like I didn't think about that as Raw. Like Raw still feels like a drag at time. But like when writing down, like, okay, they're on the road to backlash, that's coming May 6th, writing down the card, which essentially is six matches in already, it's actually together. Like we've talked a lot about the non big four papers, like, all right, this is just a house show. Maybe you have Roman and you just throw together a bunch of matches. But everything you listed is Pretty decent. Like, you got Brock versus Cody, Trish
0: versus Becky, a Ray and Bad Bunny Which,
1: you,
0: Unfortunately, it looks like they're going to try to push – I don't know how they're going to push Becky and Trish to SummerSlam, but that's the report really? that that's – Yeah. Uh,
1: that, that's weird.
0: I don't know how. But yeah, that an, doesn't
1: make any
2: sense. I um, time in
0: the middle of April to do that turn then, but, you know, right.
2: here we are. AEW a- we- booking there. <laughs> 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 Stretch it
1: out all the way to the end of the year. Now, Now, you know, one half of the tag team champion. So we got that also.
2: (laughs) That (laughs) whole thing with Trish and Becky, I thought was a little clunky. Like, are you going to turn or not? We got to get a commercial. (laughs) You going to turn or not? Like, it just, (laughs) it's just kind of weird how that worked out. Um, So I think we have a new segment here on GKW for our our first over. We've been doing this over a year. Uh, Vince booking or Triple H booking? Can you tell? Uh, This, this was a Triple H (laughs) I would agree with you it's Triple H-E. Yeah. Yeah. it was? I think uh Bronson Reed was Vince and the rest of it was Triple H-E trying to move the storyline around and just trying to get it hot for Puerto Rico. It is going mm-hmm. to be lit, gentlemen. Oh, it's it's going to be you know, so good. it's going to look like the World Baseball Classic. I'm just going to tell you it's going to be noises and zuzu velas. In Puerto Rico, it's going to be it's going to be a guy there with a, you know, the little
0: drum. <laughs> you know, he's going to be I'm telling you, it's going to be crazy. So I mean, there's. I'm, I'm going to let you in on a little secret then. There, when this show got announced, I thought about it, and then as it continues to get built, it's like seems like this could be pretty cool. My wife is from Puerto Rico. Her parents live in Puerto Rico, and we typically want to make one trip down there to visit. Yeah. I may try to convince my wife there that we go. need to go to this show. <laughs> wow! I feel, <laughs> I feel like somebody from GKW should be at this show. That's how cool this thing is starting to feel.
2: Okay okay, I just want you to know and as we get closer, I'll tell more stories about Puerto Rico uh make sure you're protected just oh yeah no, I've,
0: I've been there before I have I have been to Puerto Rico before
2: They believe wrestling's a shoot they're looking uh-huh. for like I, and, and by the way, are they gonna get the cologne brothers in there somehow will they be part of this? they still work there? No,
1: no, no! But I mean, okay. you gotta, they're on the island. For God's sakes, <laughs> they, got, they got released ages ago.
0: I you know, mean,
1: be like, random people just hanging there, like, "Oh, you work here?"
2: The colognes—you got to bring them in. They got—they're going to be part of the show at some point. I mean, they're on the island. Their dad's a legend, Carlos. Did so
1: I take them out like just random backstage segment?
2: Sure, sure. Why not? I it. But guys, if it's anything like it used to be, be careful. If you're going, Kate, be careful because <laughs> if the wrong guy
0: loses, look out. Look out. Um, so, but and and so again, I I i looking back on Raw, and maybe it was more digestible because I did not catch it live, and I was able to DVR through some of it. But again, it advanced a lot of different things. That's where
1: watch
0: it, and and I up. don't, and and that's not to say I think AEW is doing a bad job because I look, I think what they're doing right now with the four pillars is spectacular. Like it's a different guy every week. You're still getting MJF. You're getting the other three guys putting on quality matches, whether it's on Rampage, whether it's on Dynamite. Like I really enjoy that build. Um, And they have some other, you know, some obviously BCC versus the elite. They're starting to build that up more and more. So it's more than just one storyline. I just think that WWE right now is more storylines and more storylines that could be very compelling.
2: I think that you nailed it earlier when you talked about how you thought Raw was efficient. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe that they are the winner in this. And I know AEW fans are like, what about us? Well, here's what about you. You've got 12 storylines going at the same time (laughs) to the point where you don't care about Matt Hardy and this whole thing, that whole thing, or Swerve and that whole thing. Even though Swerve had a fantastic match. But just this whole thing, like, what is your group? This thing is, is starting to turn into like late 90s. Everyone's in a faction, everyone's in a gang. That's what's happening in AEW. It's like, my God, can you just give me your best five storylines and move on? Please. Right. Like, there's so much. And this is why you have two shows. You have two shows. Some of this stuff only should be rampage only. Rampage yeah. only. <laughs>
1: or, I don't need Matt Hardy on Dynamite.
2: The
0: the Office, whatever that is, like the just firm. Friday nights, <laughs> right? Look, I, I don't even know who's in the firm, who's out of the firm. I don't care. There's, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on there. Really, I mean, I think there's only, I mean, how many guys that were on Dynamite last night are actually by themselves? MJF, Jungle yep. Boy, and Wardlow? Well, yeah. Yep, and that'll do it. Like everybody else is either a part of like obviously Darby, it's not a faction, but Darby and Stinger synonymous, and like everybody else is in some sort of faction. Even the women. Other than other than Milwaukee's own Silas Young. Uh, Shout out to the guy who got squashed.
2: That ain't right. I was shaking my head at that. Don't do that to the, the last real man. Don't do that. I paid good money to see Silas Young over the years. Classics, bangers, and he gets squashed in two minutes, like he's the Brooklyn brawler. Thumbs down. That was disappointing. Like, don't do that to, of all people, and they built it up. Silas Young's coming. Yeah. Oh, Silas Young's coming to get squashed?
1: Don't do that to the last real man. That is hey, true. Fan. So hey, that's the thing, though. Like, with AEW, like, the top stuff is good. Like you mentioned, the Elite BCC is going to be good. The Pillars is really good. But some of the other stuff, like, they've completely cut the legs out from Wardlow, and now we're going to get him and Hobbs again? Like, that just feels meaningless. FDR is the tag champs. I know it's still young, but, like, Let's see what we get there, and the women's thing. As great as it's been, you know, the NWO women versus the originals. When are
0: we going to get that payoff? Because that feels well, like it's
1: been a while now.
0: And they've kind of undercut the title run of Jamie Hader with a all that. A thousand percent. That's 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 the unfortunate part of building up the the outcasts and making mm-hmm. them be up against Doctor Britt Baker and having Jamie Hader. It's just kind of undercut her. Um, Tyra Tyra, Valkyrie, I mean, I I think they're, they're, they could be building towards something there for the first time, something meaningful on the TBS women's picture side, but that's for the most part, you know, just kind of rampage only. It it doesn't really make it to dynamite. There's, there's just that I give credit to Tony for trying to do some things, but there's a lot of convoluted things going on where you're getting too many things crossing over with all these different factions. Like the like firms even, got their hand in everything somehow. That is
1: fair. But even like the main event last night, like that wasn't a great match with Keith Lee and Jericho and then I guess we're building towards Jericho and Cole but then like why the Keith Lee involvement? But well, also
0: yeah. swerve with Keith Lee and then Cole and right. So the firms involved in the Jericho and and he's a part of the no, he's not a part of the elite anymore. Uh, and there's there's a you need to streamline some of this stuff.
1: Huh? I did see a tweet, I don't remember who it was, so credit to them though, that we are finally getting Adam Cole as Keith Lee's manager. Feels like that's where last night ended.
2: <laughs> wow. Wow. Thank you, Bruce Pritchard, for a brilliant idea. We'll just cut your hair and and you can be like a fancy manager. Like, no, Bruce. That guy could go. Idiot. No. Oh my God. Um yeah, all the stuff that we're talking about makes my head hurt because <laughs> Milwaukee did not deserve. And I like Ethan Page actually. Maybe I'm one of the few on the show. I think he you can are. go. I think he's a great. No, artist. like just get him away from the firm, like because I just don't. I'm just confused. Like, did you read the fine print in the contract? Nobody cares. Milwaukee <laughs> didn't care. Nobody. Like, why is this on my TV? On why are you wasting time on Dynamite with this? And why did they
0: combine two factions into one again last night with the? Mm-hmm. Uh, the moguls and what's the, the, no, the no. embassy? Yeah, what's the embassy. Yeah. They're like now the embassy moguls. But I mean, but it, it confuses it Sounds like audience. a bad hotel.
2: <laughs> this is why the WWE does this well, where it's like they might say the same thing a million times, but it's drilled into your head. This is why this is important. This is why this person is important. This is why this tag team is important. And you may get tired of the booking or the way, but it's repetition. It's repetition. So that way you know, here's the direction that we're going. AEW, it, it doesn't make it bad, guys. We're just comparing right. AEW to WWE. And mm-hmm. again, neophyte young Booker, you know, is like, he's almost like Vince Russo in a way. It's like, everybody gets the mic, everybody gets time on the show. Everybody's like, you can't do that, especially right. with that kind of roster. But but I want to point this out. This is news also from uh, from FightfulSelect.com and from a little bit, I think Meltzer. All that talent that they are just having sit home or sitting catering, well, they'll get a chance to wrestle, and it won't be ROH. There will be a third show coming to AEW, a Ooh third boy. show. So you yep. got Dynamite, you got Rampage, and this whatever the Saturday Night show that they're going to be putting on because everyone's going to watch that in in 2023. And AD, and he's he's like,
1: you can't look a second show. Like, why would you add a third?
2: I mean, I think we're getting to the old WCW time where. Where the, the network says, "Hey, could you add another show?" I mean, seriously, that's what that was. That's what doomed WCW. They didn't want to have a Thunder, but they like let's have three hours of Nitro and two hours of Thunder. And oh, by the way, keep WCW Saturday Night. It ruined everything, and it, it just watered down everything. So some of this, these wrestlers and some of these storylines don't be surprised if they're going to be pushed to Saturday.
0: And again, I do want to point out the things. I don't want to make this seem like it's just a, a bitch session against Tony Khan AEW, but Whoa. it's just, yeah, it's, it's, there are some good things. The pillars mm-hmm. and Orange Cassidy. I didn't think Orange Cassidy would, you, <laughs> you, you said it last week, uh, Jay Hood, where he's like the modern day steamboat goes out there and puts on another good match last night. And he's just, he's wrestling his ass off every every single week for that international championship Tip of the cap to him. I I did not think that the gimmick that he had would be, as much as I enjoyed it, I didn't think he would be this good as a champion.
1: I don't know if it's this week or next, but to further your point, he's working the ECW arena with New Japan uh, this week or next. He's filling in for Osprey. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Against who? (laughs) Uh, I don't remember who, but he is like the fill-in because they originally had Will Osprey on the card and he's out hurt.
2: You know what? He just likes to wrestle, and you know, and and the kids—you can see the kids love him. Saw in Milwaukee a kid dressed up in, uh, you know, in the uh, blue jean jacket and the whole outfit, and had the sunglasses. Actually, that's any typical kid in Wisconsin, but in particular, (laughs) last night that was.
0: Just unnecessary. Well, I'm just saying the Canadian tuxedo. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, no, I no, I understood the joke. You didn't need to explain <laughs> it to me. Thank you though. Appreciate you for explaining the Canadian tuxedo joke. I'm just saying.
2: I mean, that that's how. But it's but that's what gets over the kids. Really love him. I guess. Mm-hmm. And
1: again, apparently, he rates well because he's out there every week. He will defend the international title Sunday on the New Japan show at the ECW arena against Gabriel Kidd. Okay. Twenty three hundred arena, whatever we're going to call it. He's filling yeah. in actually for Eddie Kingston, who's uh, injured right now.
0: Hmm.
1: Again, again, yeah. <laughs>
0: it's okay. Eddie would just like have the match and then try to put everybody else over on the card <laughs> after the match. So it's it's fine. But Orange Cassidy can just go out there and do his thing. What do we got at number two?
1: Right, elsewhere on the WWE it was announced on SmackDown on Friday. Triple H says the WWE draft will be back in the quote near future. Every single superstar is eligible. Some rumors say maybe May eighth. Which is the raw after backlash? Are you into the WWE draft?
0: No, I'm not into it. I, I just don't. I don't feel like the roster is actually deep enough to have two shows that can stand on its own. Um, and if, to me, you can't do the draft until you actually split the titles. <laughs> like, so we're gonna have the draft, but then Roman's able to drift and the tag titles able to drift. Like if you have one or two people that bounce back and forth, like why are we doing the draft? Because and, and this has always been the WWE's problem. Every time they've tried to do this, they try to keep the brand separate, and then they realize that the roster's not deep enough, and people <laughs> start floating between the shows anyway. So I'm I'm just out on the whole charade of having to do this again and Vince is going to want to split up factions and because, like they did with the New Day, they're going to split up damage control, which is fine because damage control, I think, has kind of reached their natural conclusion, but they're going to split up tag teams and all these other things that I think are just completely unnecessary. So I am out on the WWE draft.
1: I agree. Next topic. (laughs) (laughs) But what if there's a wild card rule? What if every week there's one person that can go from show to show?
2: If you them? want, if if you really want to be innovative, seriously, I mean, because Gabe nailed it all. It's it's true. Like, first of all, they will not hold steady with the draft picks. I mean, you'll be. This is strictly a raw person. This is really a, a SmackDown person. All of a sudden, they start crossing over, especially right. on the road, on the live events. Like, okay, that so helps. this just BS. It's always been that way. You want to do something a little bit outside the box. Have a draft of the best free agent wrestlers out there. Now that might be too deep in the weeds for a WWE fan, yeah. but, well, but the three of us would know who it is. If there's yeah, that audience that care, or or former WWE wrestlers that are available and you want to put them on your roster, now that puts an infusion of talent in. Now that's actually something. But to to have this fake draft and then have the wrestlers hopscotch between Raw and SmackDown anyway, it's a waste of time.
0: I understand having like a home base. Like okay, when I tune into SmackDown, maybe I know, but like. Pretending that you're brand exclusive to me is, and look, from from the wrestler's travel life perspective, I understand wanting to know what show you're going to be on if you're only going to be on one versus the other. I get that, that that affects their personal lives, but don't, like, why, why can't Gunter show up on Raw? Why can't, you know... Austin Theory if and it just limits things right like I just don't like how it limits it limits you creatively where you know you could come up with like Guter like oh man you'd be really good if he went up against Bobby Lashley oh shoot we can't do that he's over on Raw like it's why limit yourself
1: and it feels like it's just gonna waste opportunities like you know when they said every superstar everyone assumes that means Braun Breaker so like we'll get his debut it'll be anticlimactic this is probably how they're gonna break up Street Profits like, they're going to split them up, and, like, that's going to be the end of them as opposed to a big moment there to where maybe we see them one-on-one one day. Like, it all feels like a waste. I, and, by
2: the way, in 2023, I don't know if there's any such thing as a I'm a SmackDown guy, I'm a Raw guy. You and I, and the, the three of us were reminiscing when Paul Heyman was running SmackDown, how you, we could definitely say, okay, screw that, I'm a blue brand guy because the Raw is is, is not very good, but you could be a Heyman guy and root for his but I mean, what difference does it make? Like, I could see, I, I could see what is it um, the tag team that took on um, the Usos, Alpha Academy. I could see them on either show, and I'd be fine. I could see, thank you. I could, I could see that anytime. Like, that doesn't. We're all our SmackDown. That doesn't matter. The, the gimmick's the gimmick. I don't care what show it's on. I'll watch it. And but if but it's something that Triple H said when he came out there. One of the two times he came out there, he says this draft will change the game. And he stopped. And I was wondering, what do you mean by that? Are you running one of these shows? Are you Team SmackDown or Team Raw? Why did he
0: say that? Change yeah, so the I, game. I don't know. Is Adam Pierce going to be able to float? Is Adam Pierce still the on screen authority of both shows? Or is he going to be. Because that's the other thing. Like, they Because that was the other dumb thing about the brand split is when they made Survivor Series pretty much Raw versus SmackDown. And one year you're wrestling for Raw, next year you're wrestling for SmackDown. Like, there's no actual pride here on the line. Like, I'm not – don't treat me like I'm stupid. Just please don't do that. I mean, I am stupid, but not when it comes to some of this stuff.
2: Don't do that. (laughs) <laughs> don't, don't say that i, I if i'm calling you the genius of the show you can't be stupid <laughs> can't the gimmick is is that game's the genius don't you understand <laughs> i'm just
1: jr you're the genius on the show
0: oh man yeah so i i I don't know brian like you're so you're into it though you're into the no not at all right? like the oh, reason okay. they haven't
1: had it since uh, i looked i had to look it up october of 2021 like how many people can you actually name today? Like, oh, this is a Raw guy or girl, and that's a SmackDown guy or girl.
2: It, it, you can't decipher it now. What do you right. want more? Do you, do you want the? Do you want this draft, or do you want King and Queen of the Ring back? Well, I
0: we're, think getting we're getting King that, but overseas. Yeah. yeah, but we're getting yeah, not just overseas. We're getting it in Saudi Arabia.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, King. I'm talking about scepter, hat. I want the whole thing, like like they did for Brett and Booker yeah.
0: T. That's what I want. Yeah, and, and, I would I I would much rather have the King of the Ring, but like yeah, but yeah. by the way, if they just decided to cancel the King and Queen of the Ring tournaments, I wouldn't be shocked because we know Vince is very anti tournament. Yeah. For whatever reason. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like it was very successful Fury in the nineties. You want to bring back everything else that was successful in the nineties, except for this. I don't understand. I'm
2: surprised NXT doesn't have that going. Because NXT likes to have the in your house and the old stuff and back in the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least they've got uh, they've got war games down at NXT. And, you know, they got that going for them, which is nice. Speaking of things that were successful in the 90s and the 80s and the 2000s, and really for most of our lives being alive, Ric Flair, the Nate boy, the 16-time world champ, the two-time Hall of Famer. We had an opportunity earlier this week to sit down and talk with the legendary Ric Flair. We are excited here on Good Karma Wrestling at GKW to welcome in one of the greatest to ever do it, the 16-time world champion who's going to be visiting some Florida dispensaries with Ric Flair Drip. Of course, we're talking about the Nature Boy, Rick Flair. Rick, thank you so much for uh, for the time. I and mean, we can talk about. Uh, let's go ahead, Rick Flair drip. Like, where? How did this start? And, and you're going to be visiting some dispensaries uh, if you happen to be in Florida over the next couple of weeks, correct?
3: I actually drop you on a Thursday and Friday of next week, so um, I'll be in Jacksonville and Orlando. And what I'm about? Going, I'm going to Miami Monday um, for a, a cannabis related. Um, Opportunity as well.
0: What about this made you excited and you wanted to jump into it? Uh,
3: I think Chad Bronstein, the the, the who is I report to directly, but actually he's um, I don't know. I I, I I get confused as to who's who the CEO is and who's the boss. <laughs> um, but I work directly for Chad and Adam and uh, Aristotle, three of them, and uh, they just. Uh, Chad approached when We keep boats next to each other here at the Marriott, and and asked me. And I, I had been approached probably three or four other times during the over over the last guys maybe five or six years, and I just didn't think that um, I didn't realize how socially acceptable it is, um, and I definitely forgotten how popular it is. <laughs> it <laughs> is very popular. My God. And, and, and on top of that, it's, it's very lucrative. <laughs> <laughs> it's best thing it's ever it is the best thing that's ever happened to me in my entire career. So well, sort
1: of along those lines.
3: Very from a competitive standpoint,
1: how do you find yourself sort of pushing yourself to make sure you're the best at this? You've been the best at so many things. How much do you find yourself wanting to be the best at this now?
3: Well, I just well, I, I I I think the. Uh, of given the opportunity I've, I've always tried to be the best of whatever I, whatever endeavor i you know, put myself in and uh i think the packaging and uh, um the fact that i can use my trademarks things sayings like woo and all that um the edibles will be called woo Chews, and uh just the, just the whole presentation i think is um spectacular and of course they're they're responsible for all of it, but I, I'm, I'm really taken back by how well it's doing.
0: So uh, with WrestleMania weekend, you got to be there on the Friday because you were inducting the Great Muta into the WWE yes. Hall of Fame. What did that mean to you to be able to to come back and, and be able to induct someone like the Great Muta?
3: Well, it's my eighth time there, so that's, it, I think it's fantastic. I was, I was very excited that they invited me. Um... I've been, uh, I've been inducted twice myself, and uh, I've inducted Harley Race, Roddy Piper, Sting, Steamboat, Muda, and then myself twice. So I don't know, but I've been inducted twice. So I think it's a great honor, and it's almost, I think, almost as recognizable as the fact of, it's not compared to my world championships, but it's, 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 it, I, I think of the, the Hall of Fame as a great honor.
1: Speaking of WrestleMania, you know, it's commonplace <clears> in <throat> wrestling, you have a big show, and at the end of it, the name you're talking about stealing the show is a flair. Charlotte Flair and Rio, one of the matches of the weekend. How proud did that make you watching this weekend?
3: It was the best match of the weekend. That's a, I'm not, not going to <laughs> You're not going to get me to budge on that. We expect- agree. Don't worry. I was I was extremely proud of her. My gosh, who wouldn't be? Did you guys see it?
0: Oh, it was yeah. spectacular. It was spectacular.
1: We all said right? it was our match of the weekend as well. So you're, yeah, you're that, not that, alone yeah, there. That what? German,
3: that German off the second rope where she oh. rotated. Come on.
0: What? <laughs> You, you, you mentioned, you know, in terms of being in the Hall of Fame at your world championships, where where does her career rank? Because oh every God. time she's in WrestleMania, Rick, she's in like the women's main event picture. She's actually main evented a couple of times, and she's always in the title picture every year when WrestleMania comes around.
3: Because That's how good she is. It just speaks volumes for how good she is. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And she gets better. She's better now than she was two years ago and she just keeps getting better. She's driven to be to be in a league of her own and she is. Ricky, you know, it was interesting that the opportunity the, 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 the a little bit of advantage she has that she's wrestled um, you know uh, so many of the girls that aren't there now that have come and gone and uh, you pick up a little bit from everybody you learn along the way that has something to offer. That's what makes you better. And then you, she sits back and thinks about what she can do that nobody else can do, and she does not I never thought she would try that, German. If she was five foot four, I could see it all day long. But at five ten, that's a huge bump.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, you can land on your head and break your neck, and just these ladies land fromwards. So every time she does stuff like that, I think. It's like the first time she did the corkscrew through moonsault. She just separated herself from what else, keeping keep in mind again that she's 5'10 and 150 pounds. Those things are performed a lot harder, are a lot harder to perform when you're, when you're 5'5 and 105 pounds or 10 pounds, what, which is taking nothing away from the smaller girls. It just makes her, it just shows up what a superb athlete she is.
2: How's she doing now, Rick? Uh, how much time is she going to take away from the ring after wrestling? I don't know.
3: I I, tell you, I, I think it's important that she, she takes her private life very, very seriously. When she's away, I mean, we, we, you know, we just talk, but I don't ask her questions about her private life. You know, it, it's, we need a break sometimes from wrestling. <laughs> um, we do talk about wrestling, you know, when, when something big is coming up, but... Her private life is her private life. I mean, I know where they're going. I'm just not gonna. I know where they're and what they're doing. I'm just not gonna discuss it. And we don't. We don't. We just don't talk about business anymore. I mean, we do enough of that. And our relationship is so special. Um, you know, we, we 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 we've gotten around that. We used to talk about it all the time, but she's so good now. She doesn't need any any advice from me.
1: The other big part of WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes, finishing the job. What does the Rhodes family mean to the Flair family?
3: Well, I'll give you an example of what I was going to say, you know, in, in reference to the the tag match going on last, as opposed to Charlotte and Rhea. If factions were more important than than singles title championships, I know the titles were involved both ways, but in my entire career, no tag match went on as, when I was world champion in it, after me. And that's what I meant by tradition. I didn't mean they broke it. That but it was a comment made. I'm talking about tradition in my career. And, um, but if that were the case, if storylines and, and, uh, um, Um, storylines are more important than the value of putting a traditional like Cody men's Royal Rumble he wrestles Roman Rhea worked just as hard if not harder to win the women's and then she's in the semi-main event I don't agree with that because if storylines were the best then anybody that Dusty Rhodes was in the ring with against the horsemen Dusty and Sting against the Horsemen. Dusty and Nikita against the Horsemen. Dusty and Nikita. Dusty and the Road Warriors. I, I, that, then that would have gone on. That would have gone on before me. It never did, because there was no greater faction, no greater storyline, than the roads and the Flares and the, and the Horsemen. That that's where I'm, That's what that comment's coming from. Gotcha. If a storyline means more than the belt in a single championship match. See, they don't talk about, they, they, they mentioned how many times somebody won the world tag team titles, but it doesn't carry the same weight as John Cena or Ric Flair. Now Charlotte's 14. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm very confident she'll break our record.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, very, very possible as well. Um, speaking of factions, I mean, it seemed like for a while factions didn't mean as much in professional wrestling, but now we see it more, whether it's AEW um, and, and the Blackpool Combat Club or the trios titles that they have over there. Obviously, the bloodline over the last, you know, two and a half years in yeah. in WWE. As someone who is in the most famous faction of all time in the Four Horsemen, do you like that factions are becoming more prevalent in today's professional wrestling?
3: Well, I like it from the standpoint that, um, I mean, Ro- Roman's the flagship. So, and I think Roman's phenomenal. I, and I love the Usos. I mean, and I'm, I'm not talking about all, who could outwork anybody. I'm just talking about tradition. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Usos are phenomenal workers. I love Kevin Owens. Sammy's good. Roman's a great, a great, uh, flagship for our company. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I think so. I, I, I think the storylines like that, I like it because they're getting more people involved. And it's it's such a hard industry to get a break in. I mean, the the best thing they ever did with Dominique was put them together. And, and Dominique's got a ton of talent. Yeah. I mean he does, but, but turning him heel and that was was great. And I mean, you'd have never expected that from him a year ago, correct? hundred um, percent. No. I and mean, then look at him now, he's fabulous, as, as is his dad.
2: Uh, Rick, I tell Brian up here and Gabe a lot about the territory days, because that's how I grew up. Grew up in Chicago, so I'm a Vern Gagne guy, AWA guy. Yeah. Uh, I was always wondering if you didn't hang your hat in Charlotte and decide to be a Charlotte guy and a Jim Crockett guy. <laughs> would you Would you have lived full-time for Eddie Graham in Florida? Was that your second choice?
3: No. I would have. I never. I never even thought about it. After leaving it. the Carolinas were it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Eddie had a nice territory, but the Carolinas were just starting to grow when I got there. And you know, by the time I left, we were about by, by the time they sold the company, we were selling out Philadelphia, Baltimore, and uh, we got in that that lousy building. We not the Capitol Center, but we got when we got to DC, we were selling that out. So. And a couple of times we went to the Meadowlands. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was Crockett or WCW, but anyway, we, we did very well there. So um, I think if the I've said a thousand nine, if the Crockett's had stayed east of the Mississippi, with we'd, we'd still be in business.
2: How, how was and, it like wrestling in Florida, in, though?
3: For until you? until Turner, the, Turner, Turner was great. All the I mean the uh, Super Channel was great, you know, and in it reached a, in a reach of few people on the West Coast. But if it had been the strength that it is now, um, the cable the cable wasn't that strong back then. Um, so I'm just saying, in during that time frame. But we were on there now, because the collection of talent we had was every bit as good as Vince's. My God, rock and roll midnight. I mean, Road Warriors. we, we had it all. And we had, Dusty, we had Dusty doing a brilliant job of booking.
1: You mentioned Vince. Obviously, WWE in the headlines this week, the merger with the UFC and Endeavor. What does it mean to you to see Vince McMahon sort of get this big moment and ultimately have a boss now for the first time in his life?
3: Well, that's what that remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, I got. I'll have to hear that meeting. <laughs> he, 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 he pretty tough. I imagine he'd be pretty tough to boss around. He may be. He may have to negotiate, but he's not going to get bossed around. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I, I love data. And uh, Dana's pretty tough too. I don't understand. I've never had to negotiate with him, but <laughs> visiting man, been around a long time, guys, and he's, he's he's just a great guy. And I I just hope that they, you know, I don't I don't want to see the same thing. And I don't, I don't think it can possibly. Vince is too smart for that. But I don't want to see the Endeavor people um, take over wrestling. It's a, it's a different animal. You know we're we're ted just hired all his friends to run wcw and it just failed miserably and then you know the other guy that ran the business like, like it was an atm that's why they're not there today not because of lack of talent you just can't pay people that aren't worth what they think they're 10 times Does that make sense
0: yeah Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: i mean, I, I, I mean I, we're talking to the dspn I cannot explain. I I cannot understand how Ben Simmons is getting a paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) They're getting a million dollars to sit home. No, no. Not a million.
0: Millions. Millions. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of S's
3: there. Zion I get because it's a legitimate injury. He's a a big guy. Um, Mm -hmm. But Ben, I mean, I, I... I respect, I, he was my favorite in college, but man, the pros have been rough for him. But he'll, they always get paid. I wish I knew where the money came from. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, since we're talking sports, yeah, yeah, let's do it. LeBron James is still the best basketball player alive today. And if you don't think he is, how does a guy average 30 points a game at 38? nine rebounds and eight assists or 32 what's the average in 32 a game yeah, yeah okay that's and, and he's not he's not the best anymore <laughs> what a joke <laughs> he's so far better than everybody else that's unbelievable and you know what else tomorrow if you want to go in the nFL draft he could be he'd be the best tight end in football yeah <laughs> what do you so is. To do? What do you have, 88 touchdowns in high school? <laughs> yeah,
0: but before he decided to stop playing and focus on basketball.
3: Yeah. <laughs> is
0: is the NBA, is basketball the one, the sport you pay attention to the most then?
3: I love it during playoff season, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the Lakers. I got I to have a guy that I that I like. I I've, I've, I love Michael. I grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina. I met him when I was 19. So, of course, I love the Bulls, um, as everybody did. But I met LeBron when he was 18. He used to come out to the Richfield. Uh, it was at it a big, we, we called the White Elephant in Cleveland. It was a, that old arena like, out in the middle of nowhere with his friends and watch the matches. And then I've had an opportunity to meet him a couple other times. Phenomenal guy. But man, what an athlete. Holy Christ. You guys never see when he used to hold his own slam dunk contest? We throw the ball against. Them.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of the relationship with in the don't women's want to
3: game? Feelings.
2: <laughs> what do you think of the relationship in the in the women's game? How it's grown in college uh, basketball? Reese and uh, Caitlin Clark.
3: I love it. That's I love good. it. It's good heat, isn't it? The attitude. I love it. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Caitlin started it though. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She sure yes. did. Isn't it
0: amazing though about how much of those pro wrestling things make their way into? I mean, obviously everything that you've done, but now I mean, John Cena and the You Can't See Me—it's made its way into the women's basketball. I know.
3: I know. Well, John's a big player, making no mistake. I'm, I got a lot of time for John Cena. He's been very influential, and um, you know, it, it was a—it's a big role to jump in John's shoes, and Roman has done a great job.
1: As a wrestling guy, how proud does it make you to see the Cenas, the Batistas, the rocks of the world that go out there that sort of use wrestling as their jumping off point, but are, you know, mega stars now? Yeah.
3: Well, I'm not surprised by any of that. Dave has always been very clever. I'm, I'm, he, his new movie just came out this week, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, another, another, um, Guardian thing. The next mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Guardian just doing that knock on the cabin that's out there. Yeah. He's all over the
3: place. He's, he has done such great stuff. I'm not surprised at all by that. Um, he's a very determined, really smart guy. He had a tough upbringing, so he's taken advantage of, of the things that have come his way, and he's done a great job with them. And uh, John, I mean, John just, he's Mr. Wonderful. And uh, what what John has been able to be successful at, uh, he is so committed and worked so hard. Very very similar to Dwayne, you know. Dwayne's nonstop, one movie after another. I love it, and, he and is arguably be the biggest star in Hollywood, saying a lot.
0: So taking you know taking Charlotte out of it. Who do you enjoy watching now? Who are some of the favorites that you have in professional wrestling that, that you want to enjoy when you kick back on the couch and, and turn on professional wrestling? Who do you like watching?
3: Um, aside from Charlotte, well, I like watching all of them. I mean, I, um, I, it's part of my life. I, I I think everybody that's up on the roster is is, is good, and I enjoy them all. I mean... I, I can tell the ones that are comfortable in the role and the ones that are trying to figure they trying to figure their way around Does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah but um I like that faction with the Dominic I like um I love the Usos. I like the bloodline I don't know what they're gonna do with that' keep if they keep going but if if it's work as long as it's working, stay with it right yeah and uh, oh my well one of my big time favorites is Brock I love Brock. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he, he just he, he's a hell of an athlete, guys. I mean, Brock Lesnar is a world-class athlete and a badass.
0: Yeah, I think just to get that tattoo on your sternum, that just kind of tells him how big of yeah. a badass he is. I can't imagine getting that.
3: Brock Lesnar spells badass. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Rick, not, he, not, he,
2: not only he, he was a wrestler,
3: but also he, he, he's today's version of our Harley Race. Wow! <laughs> and no one was tougher than Harley Race. Yes. Yeah, you didn't want you didn't want you if you grabbed a hold of Harley Race, you were going to lose an eye, and you'd get a ear <laughs> missing, a no, nose bitten off. You, you weren't getting out. You weren't getting out of there easy. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, you got to give us
2: a uh, Harley race story. I've heard you say a few. Can you give us one story of, with Harley in the locker room?
3: Okay. Do you remember Kurt Henning? Yes. Okay. So Kurt was just breaking into Minneapolis, and, he, and Larry, his father, sent him, or Vern sent him, to, to Bob Gagel in Harley's territory. And uh, oh, this, is, this is the way. I, I've got two great ones, okay? <laughs> this is... <laughs> <laughs> so, Kurt Henning, I'm Kurt now. Hi, Mr. Race. What do you want to do for a finish tonight? Or what are we doing for a finish tonight? What's your finishing, kid?
0: <laughs> Drop it off the top rope.
3: I'll move.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's,
3: that's, <laughs> better one than that. This is this is, this, is, this is the best. So Triple H had just come into Atlanta, right? And Harley was managing Leon Vader, there, right? Oh. and so now I'm not Hunter again, though. I said Hunter. I, I said Harley. This is. Uh, Paul of is going to be a part of the company now. Harley shook his hands, didn't stand up for anything. Didn't he? Who broke in, kid? Killer Kowalski. He's the shits. <laughs> 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 oh
2: that's the best
3: hey the rattlesnake thought he had me fooled as he stood two feet from me my rocking chair on the porch so I baited him uh, with my right (coughs) with my left (laughs) (laughs) harley
2: <laughs> I love that. God.
3: <laughs> hey, you don't want nothing to do with Harley Race. I'd say Harley, let's go have a drink. I want to. I want to play pool. Here's another one. He'd go over to a bar like in Fort Worth. I can remember when like it was yesterday. All the cowgirls, cow guys, right? ten quarters on the table waiting to play. Right, mm-hmm. he'd cue off the wall. And everybody look at him. <laughs> Knock all the quarters off their table. <laughs> to go I got the winner (laughs) problem (sighs) (laughs) yeah a couple times there were several problems
0: (laughs) (laughs) a couple times there were several problems
3: (laughs) wow (sighs) Uh, yeah he loved he was the world champion (laughs) he let everybody know (laughs) what You, an SNU football player is talking about in a bad way one night. <laughs> <laughs> oh man,
0: Rick, before we get you out of here, we, we got to know you had Rick Flair's last match last yep. summer. Yep. Is, is that I, for I, sure? I, I, I That's going to be it? it?
3: <laughs> That's going to be <laughs> it? Yeah, but I wish they could do it again. <laughs> Who's going to say no to you? Who's stopping you? Oh, It's just not realistic. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I, it, we we had that thing down to a fine art, but I woke up. I was I was fixated on weighing 218, and so the night you know it's me right. I'm out drinking all night. I wake up and I weigh 222. So I ate three egg white bites and a cup of coffee, right, all day long. So I did. Of course, you know the anxiety, the emotion, da da da, everything, right? So I walked out there and I felt great, and then all of a sudden I got lightheaded. So I made a mistake of saying to Jay, I don't I don't feel good. But n- then of course there went like panic across the ring. like it was my heart or something. It was nothing. I just got lightheaded. And um do <laughs> the best life the best life of the night is. <laughs> so after Manny jumped on uh, jumped on top of um Jeff or Jay, I can't remember. And then the brass knucks, right? And Manny, my son-in-law, was going, you have to wake up, sir. you have to wake up, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Put the knucks on my hand. <laughs> Good. you have to wake up, sir. <laughs> like. Manny, she just slapped me and said, Get up, you old bastard. (laughs) Manny's so polite. You have to wake up, sir. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Respect,
3: Uh,
2: even in the ring. Respect.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Rick, I just want to thank thank you so much for the time, man.
3: Anytime I get to do something with my daughter and Manny, those are the highlights of my life right now.
0: Well, it it was certainly a highlight for plenty of people who got to tune into it. Uh, Thank you so much for the time. Best of luck diving into um, all the different cannabis stores you're going to be visiting in Florida with Ric Flair Drip. I'm sure, just like everything else, it's going to be one of the best.
3: Listen, you guys have a happy Easter weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Harley. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. All
2: right, thanks. That was unbelievable. What a great interview with the legendary nature boy Ric Flair channeling his inner Harley race in the conversation we had with him a few days ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. Fort Orange, Florida tomorrow, Orlando as well. Rick Flair drip on Instagram. Uh, go check out Nate. What do we got in news and notes, Brian? Alrighty,
2: said, uh, and by the way, he says Manny. For those that know, he's talking about Andrade Alidolo. I know yes, everyone he to, eventually got about that. that. He, gave, he gave his real name, his government name out there. It's like, Andrade <laughs> just like, he's like, sir, you got to get up, sir. He's talking about his own father-in-law. Like, what do you say to the legendary Rick Flair? You're laying on the ground, dead. You got to get
1: up now and do the finish. Sir, please get up.
2: <laughs> so it's funny.
1: Uh, Alright, news and notes Another guest we've had on For Rey Mysterio Jr. On the Impulsive Podcast With Logan Paul Says he's looking to pitch The WWE higher up The way to end him Versus Dominic Hair versus mask
0: That means he wins, right? Like, I can't imagine Rey Mysterio in the WWE Without his mask And I just always imagine That this ends with him Putting his, his own kid over
2: Right So, how long does this last? I mean Next year's WrestleMania. No, wait. I thought that it was Cody against Roman. I thought that was another (laughs) 12 months. No, Dominic could be world champ by then. It's funny because this has been around social media for a while that it should be hair versus mask, and Ray's not taking that mask off. I mean, they they are. uh, WCW already made that mistake. But then you notice in our conversation we had with Ray, Ray turned it into a positive. He goes, "Mask doesn't come off, I don't take on these bigger guys, and WWE doesn't think I am worthy to be part of the, the company. Ray was a heel at WCW when he had the mask off, by the way, too. It was some of his best
1: work. Uh, I mean, that would be a hell of a way to go out. Like, that's the final time we see Ray in the WWE is without a mask, and then Dominic gets to take that heat with him.
0: Yeah, I mean Ray has talked oh. about how he knows the end is near. You know that he's, you know, he's coming to a close. So if, if he's he, like, talking about Sting being the old school guy, another old school guy, <laughs> and Ray Mysterio. No better way to go out than putting over your own kid, right?
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we know what he looks like underneath there. He still looks thirty. That's the thing. Right. He still looks like a good man. That's the thing that's so strange. He looks younger than his son underneath that mask. We we've seen this. Um, that is true. I I think I think you might be right Gabe like if he's going to go out he's going to put Dominic over and he'll all and Dominic will be talking about that for 10 years if he stays in uh-huh. heel you know on promos like I retired my dad wow that I mean that's something <laughs> to talk about that's that's actually more clout than uh Austin theory beating John Cena actually that is
1: accurate. Uh, announced this week, season four of Dark Side of the Ring set to debut May 30th at 10 o'clock on Vice, 10 o'clock Eastern. Some of the episodes this year, The Relationship of Chris Candido and Sonny, Magnum TA's car accident, Marty Janetti and Abdullah the Butcher.
2: Okay. Well, the Marty Janetti I'm interested in. Uh-huh. uh <laughs> But I want the whole truth. I want it all now. Don't just give me, he used to be one and a half of the Rockers. I don't want that. No, I, I want... The salacious stuff with Marty Jannetty, the the weird stuff, like uh, his relationships, (laughs) you know, and stuff like that. That's what I want.
0: I mean, based on what Dark Side of the Ring has given us, wouldn't that be the expectation? Yeah.
2: Marty going to be on there talking? I'd like to hear that, too. I thought I saw
1: some tweets saying that, like, he's a little off the rocker, but that he's included in that. But I agree with Gabe. Like, that show doesn't pull punches. It's not a WWE-produced show.
0: There's nothing for them to protect. the only thing that was disappointing from that group was when they did their Vince McMahon documentary. Yeah. And it was just all like clips from, like, there was barely anything new. It was like all Dark Side of the Ring clips. That's like the only thing that's been disappointing. But this, like, to have actual more episodes of Dark Side of the Ring, I would think would have some of the salacious things that maybe (laughs) apparently you're craving, I guess. I don't know.
2: What do you mean, the, the clips? Don't you know that that was the Vince Russo documentary? Bro, Vince was a <laughs> genius, bro. I sat next to him, bro. We said everyone gets on TV, bro. I mean, that's all we got. This the only thing that was new is like him and Brandon Thurston. I yeah, was like, why is yeah. the Russell novice guy here? What's he got to say? Like, It was a bizarre episode. It's not what we thought it was going to be. That's true.
1: And finally, news and notes, some contract news, a few different people. Logan Paul has signed an extension with the WWE. Gimme Sport says that deal is worth over $5 million for contacts. That is more than KO, Bray Wyatt, The Miz, and AJ Styles.
2: Ooh, how do we know that? <sighs> how that? Who, what's the source on that? Do you have a source on that? Gimme Sport. Eh. Yeah, I know.
1: Uh, Gimme is spelled G-I-M-E.
2: Yeah. That's the,
1: the yeah.
2: you know. That's the funny thing between the difference between professional wrestling and real sports, Gabe Brian. Like we don't have like the list of salaries right. to to know how who's making what. Wrestling's very very clandestine with that.
0: Well, yeah, because clearly, like, I mean, the wrestlers are still going to probably talk amongst themselves and figure it out. But, I mean, the bookers don't want them to know how much, you know, who's getting what, who's the highest paid one. Whereas in regular sport, you've got agents that are like, hey, look how good I am. (laughs) I just got this guy that much money, and they're going to go out there and brag to the Adam Schefters, the Adrian Wojnarowski, the Jeff Passons of the world to get that news out there.
1: Sightful reports Brian Cage has signed a multi-year extension with AEW and Ring of Honor. His deal expired at the WrestleMania weekend Ring of Honor show.
2: <laughs> they, they they tread water, don't they? I mean? I'm sorry, they, they tread very lightly on the end of contracts. Uh-huh. I, mean, I think especially with mocks, right? Because we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, the, in the old summer. days and the real rust and I mean the real wrestling war, the real one for supremacy of Monday Night uh, Wrestling. Some of those guys would have jumped like, "Oh yeah, we'll sign. Yeah, yeah, I'll get back to you next week. Raw, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Don't worry about. it. I'll get to you next week. Rick Root, Nitro, <laughs> like Jericho would always just like hide from people. Like, yeah, Eric, I'll sign. Sure, I'll I'll be there. Yeah, no problem. Raw, right?
1: They're,
2: they're very lucky that I think in particular Tony's very lucky that these guys are holding on, waiting to the very end to sign.
1: I mean, Mock said he could have showed up at Summerslam if he wanted to with the AEW title but he chose not to. <laughs> Finally, FTR told that Milwaukee crowd last night at the Rampage tapings they have signed a four-year deal with AEW, and they plan to retire at the end of it.
2: So please tell us about Milwaukee, sir. You spent some time there, at, uh, and I like the Panther Arena very much. Uh, just There's so much going on, I couldn't make it last night to Dynamite, but I actually like the draw. I like that arena, very comfortable. Uh, Brian, you've never been there. There's nothing like going upstairs to the bathroom. Oh, oh, it's, yeah. like, well, it's, like, it's, it's very it's, it's very usually it's like on the same level, but you got to climb oh, no. stairs well, up into the bathroom in the old mecca. It's very nice. I like. Yeah,
0: it. it's it's very unique. You know, older building. Uh, I was a little disappointed with the crowd, to be honest. Um, I, I don't know if any pictures made it out online, but uh, on the side where the hard camera was it was very empty. Now again, they because they're they know what they're doing you make sure you got the camera on the other side, you hit the, uh, you know, the, 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 the side opposite of the jumbotron and those areas were very full. Uh, I thought the crowd was pretty good. Everybody was having a good time. I just, the last two times they've been here, I've been a little disappointed with the size of the crowd, especially after there was a really good crowd for the house show before WrestleMania for WWE at Pfizer forum. I was kind of hoping maybe there'd be some crossover, but unfortunately there was not. Um, but it was a good show. I stuck around. I was not aware that they're doing a lot of the ROH taping on the road as well. Um, so they did some ROH taping before Dynamite and then after Rampage, which included a uh, nice little match from Vikingo. So I got to see Vikingo live in person, which was certainly a highlight for me to see the best professional wrestler in the world. Uh, you know, perfect his craft in Milwaukee. Uh,
2: <laughs> I, you know what? And this is just the what I can remember, Gabe. I just think that it's, the, it's WWE's fault for taking Milwaukee for granted. Uh, just in a, I mean, it's just a medium-sized market. We'll just kind of throw our B-talent out there for house shows. Like, Milwaukee matters in the Midwest, like Chicago matters in the Midwest, like Detroit does. And I think that's that's a WWE, uh, of, I guess, WWE uh, a vacation of taking Milwaukee for granted. Oh, we're not going to get the stars, so we'll just watch at home. Milwaukee matters. That hope, those are that's a midwestern hub. I think some fans are just like we're not going to get good matches. We're going to get the firm. What you got? You got, exactly. you got lines. So, yeah.
0: so when NXT was doing like road shows and KO and Sami Zayn were in NXT, they did a show at Turner Ballroom, which is an even smaller venue than it's. It's right on the same street as Pfizer Forum and the oh, interview and yeah. in Panther Arena, the old mecca. And KO and Sammy, like, loved wrestling there. It was one of their favorite places to come to. Like, Milwaukee's got a good, like, hardcore wrestling reputation. I think part of the problem for AEW here is they don't, outside of, like, putting it up on, you know, a commercial during Dynamite and, and the run-up to it. They don't do a lot of advertising. You don't see any billboards. You don't see any, you know, any other people making, you know, coming to, on radio shows or anything like that. And I think if, if they marketed a little bit more and that's not like sour grapes, like, oh, they should have given us, a guest. No, like just <laughs> they, they got to get it out more yeah. to people in. In Milwaukee, and you know, not everybody's watching Dynamite every single week. You throw a billboard up on one of the highways, you might catch a few more people and, and be able to fill that up because it was, it was a fun show to be at live. Um, you know, with MJF there and Jericho coming out, and I, I thought they, you know, Rampage had a really good match to kick it off. I, you know, if you watch it tomorrow night, you'll see that with Aussie Open. Like, you know, getting some, you know, the IWGP tag team championships were defended in Milwaukee last night. The Kingo was on uh, the triple, like, we got the IWGP tag champs and we got the AAA champion in Milwaukee last night, but it wasn't, again, you got to get out there and advertise these things.
2: Uh, clip that. Let's send that right over to Tony Khan.
0: <laughs> clip hey, it. in two weeks,
1: he comes uh, down here to South Florida, Sunrise, FLA Arena. Check them out in two weeks. Who, who's coming? AEW? Dynamite. Dynamite, April 26th. So two weeks from last night. Well, how many does that hold? It's a lot. It's where the Florida Panthers play. It's the hockey arena down here. But for me, it's 10 minutes from my house as opposed to Miami, where they typically run, which is a good hour south. So way to go, AEW. I'm on board. You're going? Are you going? I'll be there. Do we have a guest?
0: Of course. Of course he's going.
1: Do we have a guest? working on it.
2: Okay. All right. So, is, he,
0: is he going? If he could go to like the random barn show in Iowa, he would go. Like, come well, that's on, that's the whole thing. Like, I, I,
2: I'm
1: thinking it's too big for him.
2: I'm oh, it's too big. I, that oh. is
0: that's a good point. Yes. <laughs> that's,
2: that's what I'm thinking. That's like no. the dark
1: tape That's it. I'm gonna leave before that.
2: <laughs> that's so typical. <laughs> you're just there to see Will Nightingale, and then you're going. <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to see the workhorseman and leave. That's what you're going to do. I love J.D. Drake. So long, everybody, and then leave.
1: That's, that's what you're going to do. He can go. I've seen him in a lot of places. He can go. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Prematurely gray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what did you boys have as your match of the week? Uh, For me, I go to last night. Swerve
1: versus Darby. Like, we've seen those two a lot. They can just go. Like, that was a legit fun match. Swerve still looked good despite the loss. Like, every part of that. And the other one. Buddy Matthews and Orange, like Orange Cassidy continuing to reinvent himself, telling the story in the match. Buddy Murphy is just amazing to watch, like two really, really good matches last night. I think that sort of impacted for me how bad the main event was. Like, I don't think Keith Lee and Jericho was bad. But after you watch those two earlier in the night, you're like, yeah, this is not the same level.
2: You nailed them both. Um I thought that orange with that right hand, it told a great story. Wait, if my hand's hurting, why am I taking the tape off? I want to keep (laughs) it on to protect it. That was weird. Um doctor was checking it. He had to. Buddy Matthews is so good, guys. He's so Uh good. I I told you months, like maybe some weeks ago, I said, that guy. Should be a singles uh-huh. champion. He should spin out of there and be a singles. He's so good. I th- I love that match. Swerve and Darby told a, a great story. Um, it's the best of Seattle wrestling, by the way. With those two, they they've been <laughs> round and at Defy, and they've wrestled in the Indies, so they got it down. It's it's very good. Um, you know, I liked. I know you su- might surprise you. Usos and Alpha Academy.
0: Oh, Alpha of- Academy is so underrated.
2: It was just yeah. weird, though, right? You got a comedy act against, like, the serious, we the ones, Usos, so the dynamic right. felt house showy to me. Like, if that was, like, a house show, it'd be 20 minutes, they would tear it down, but it would still be comedy in there, and somehow they did put comedy in the match, and but yet it was still flowing, and the reason why, there was no outside interference mm-hmm. for, for once, for the Usos match. And, um, it was Shabbat against Chris Daniels, ROH. Alright, so that's, uh... <laughs> didn't
0: Chris Daniels retire? Like didn't Christopher Daniels retire like three years ago?
2: He's in the front office. Yeah. He actually is, uh, very high in the front office. Yeah. Um, So the story was, very briefly, the story was Christopher <laughs> Daniels is an ROH guy, a long-time ROH guy, and he's like, you know what? You know, I'm not done yet. I still got another match in me. I want to take on Shibata. I'm true blue ROH, and now you're the pure champion. So it was a pure rules match. It was perfect. A veteran putting over a, a, a young wrestler, Shibata, 10 minutes, pure rules. It was really solid. That was very good on ROH TV, quietly.
0: Um. So can I, can I nominate matches that haven't happened yet? Because that's not, uh, well,
2: that's not the rule.
0: Wait a minute. I saw them. I saw them last night.
2: Now you're giving spoilers. Boy, now, now we're now that we're the wrestling observer. you start giving
0: like, Well, I mean, I, I don't have to say who won, but I can tell you that the, the Aussie open versus best friends match uh, to kick off rampage tomorrow night was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed that one live. Um, uh, okay. Gringo, Gringo Loco versus uh, for the Triple A Championship. Uh, I don't know when that's going to air. You're, you'll see it because you're ROH guy now. Um, going up against Elio del Vikingo, which I don't know if this will make the taping. But Tony Khan came running out and like hugged Vikingo after. Oh, like, it's it very, very weird. It's very strange. I'm sitting there going, "What? He just." He <laughs> he, said, he, what? Got, he got all cokey. <laughs> like on the ramp ran like he ran down on the ramp. He's like giving him a hug. And then like he goes oh. to the back and then Gringo Loco's coming up the ramp and he just doesn't know what to do. So he just starts pointing at him like, Yeah, he was also really good in the match. <laughs> like it was very strange. Better not I, don't, I don't know if that's gonna make the T V portion of ROH, but if it does, you'll have to let me know because I was very confused and found the whole thing hilarious watching Sometimes- it live.
2: Somebody's got to put Tony Khan in a car seat, for God's sake, and strap him in. Where are you going? Where are you going? That was the best of all time. I've never seen like get out of there.
1: And, and
0: what the- Loco
1: is good, though. I saw him at GCW Mania weekend. Oh, so
0: he was. So he's good. They, they, yes, he was. He was very good in the match, and, and him pairing him with Vikingo Kingo was tremendous. It was very good.
2: What else did you see? <laughs> <laughs>
0: My God, what's he doing out there? I, mean, I don't know. Did he have his hair on fire and running? Well, and the, the crazy part was it wasn't the main event. They brought out, um, yeah, like they, they after Vikingo, they brought out um, uh, Lee Moriarty and he wrestled. Um, sure. Um, Takeshna. Oh,
2: that's a banger.
0: Yeah, but again, like. <laughs> I I, yeah. I I don't know why Tony came out if it wasn't the end of the show. Like, oh. Like, I, I just assumed it was the end of the show. I got up starting to leave. Next thing I know, Lee Moriarty's music is hitting. Like, what's going on? Game Tony needs to me.
1: sign him, by the way. Like, why is he not signed with Kingo yet? Like, lock him up. No, he can't do that. He's a triple A guy. You need to figure out a way.
0: I I think he's working on it because he referred to when he started pubbing the ROH matches that were still coming after Rampage. He's like, and my personal friend, the Kingo is here. So I don't know if he's (laughs) (laughs) there's there's a lot going on. I can't wait for you to see Tony in person (laughs) next week. (laughs) In two weeks. You get to to experience all of the same things I got to experience. Uh, A little bit of a longer episode because, well, I mean, we went along with Ric Flair. He's that good. He's the nature boy. He's the 16-time champ. He's the two-time Hall of Famer. I hope you enjoyed that. Of course, plenty of things to talk about on the road to Double or Nothing and WWE WrestleMania Backlash. We'll talk (laughs) about it all next week right here on GKW.